Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And just like that, we back again. Another episode, all right? And after the great and the clips that was going all around with the Thanksgiving special last week. Again, shout out to VAR. This week features a different aspect and caters to young men who feel like, you know, the outcasts in their group or like the one who's only doing a certain thing on how to live an abundant life. Now, the meaning for this episode talks about not living or being tired of living the same old life. But if you're tired of living the same old life and you're not doing anything different, then why do you think you're going to see anything different? So Jake drops his rationale on this and he gives his tips and talks about his business and life coaching. You know, this episode talks about, you know, purpose, passion, purpose. We break that down and finding out what you love and what gives your life meaning and how to cultivate strong relationships. We got mental health statistics. We got things from Harvard. We got a lot of different things in this episode and also correlating with the fruit of the spirit. And we break that down and how it all correlates together, too. And uh, yeah, so this one is a good one, another great one. And if you really are tired of living an abundant life, now we always think of abundance, we think of money and that's part of it too. But it's also with how you thinking and how you moving. And of course, it always correlates with your decision making. So sit back, relax and enjoy another high fire episode. manifests on the inside into of us and it festers and then it transforms and in most cases especially with men into alcoholism or Mm -hmm. some type of addiction sex addiction or uh anger you know you see those men in most cases i'm sure you've seen as a man knows there's that one guy that always gets drunk and he when as soon as he gets drunk he's extremely angry you could you get your body right. Okay. You're still not happy. Okay. Well, let me change careers, change careers. You're still not happy then. Okay. Well, let me get rid of this girl, get a new one. Still <laughs> yeah. not happy. And even but wherever you go, there you are, right? <laughs> you the problem. But all right, y'all, what's going on? Is your boy Easy Bank Oven. What's up, y'all? So today it's a little different. All right. Now, yeah, I used to hear ads run through my stuff for other people. All right, this is probably the first real time the ad is for me. All right, so PSA, Prodigy Sport Advantage Stations, has expanded far beyond just the podcast. It is now a writing service, all right? And at that, a ghostwriting service. So we do it anonymously and take care of your needs, all right? Homework assistant, product and profile descri- descriptions, grant writing, resumes, cover letters, templates, books, ghostwriter book too. Anything you can think of, articles, all that good stuff. PSA the Ghostwriter Solution can do it. So go over to PSA the podcast.com and you can see all the services there with all their descriptions. Okay, because I know I missed some. And also you can reach out to me at the prodigy perspective at gmail.com and we can take care of all of that for you too. Peace. I'm back and it's up, PSA. Wow. I'm too flick to take off all my shit TSA. going on y'all it's another day another week getting those goals accomplished moving towards the end of the year remember 2024 started it really a few months ago but if you haven't started by now you need to get started because 
I will help you to wait to January 1st. January 1st is when you kind of already think got things planned. And like, maybe if you say something like, hypothetically, of course, like, oh, okay, I think the first is when I'm going to start my alcohol cleanse. That's fine. But as far as goals and things, those have needed to have been started, you know. But again, no condemnation. Just letting you know. It's November. Let's get, it, let's get something going now before, at least before Christmas. So you got some, some motion of some kind. All right, y'all. So today's episode is going to be good. You know, as always, I, I, I want to do what's best for the people and what's best for you all and what's best for me too. Cause I mean, I come first. You gotta, you gotta put, listen, this is the thing. And then know somebody going to take that and look at the wrong way. But here's the thing. If you can, you cannot pour for an empty cup. And I think a lot of times people get caught so up and trying to fill up everybody else. But if you empty, you ain't, you giving them nothing. So then why would you give the people nothing? Now that's selfish. Cause you, they thinking they getting some help the whole time. You gave them literally nothing. You didn't give them a crumb. All right, so now let's get into this week's meme. In this season, everything I touch turns to abundance. Inspiration for this week, got a few. So the first one comes from the Frank Ocean song, Sweet Life. Like that song. When I was getting this script together, that song that kept just coming to my head, which then in turn led to the TV show that was on HBO Max, Issa Rae's unscripted show that was modeled after Baldwin Hills, which was this called Sweet Life of Los Angeles. And she also said that song kind of inspired that show as well. And they need to make something else like that because the show got canceled. So either it needs to get picked up for season three or they need to go ahead and start another kind of show like that young black entrepreneur kind of thing, group of friends. Then the third one is, but seek, ye, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. All these things shall be added unto you. And that's Matthew 6 and 33. And we're going to get more to that as the lessons or as the episode goes along. All right. So now let's get into happy hour. And I got a quick little rant I want to talk about today. Okay, so first of all, when we this is something I want to ask. We always trying to do something. We always trying to make something happen. We always trying to have motion. We always trying to sometimes in some cases move ahead of the ball. But my question to you is, and this is again not condemnation, just a question. Did God tell you to do that? Sometimes I think we get so caught up in wanting to do certain things. And it sounds good, but is it good for you or is it good for you right now? Certain things are good later at a different time. Certain things you shouldn't be doing at all. But I think that sometimes we get so caught up in trying to just go off our own strength and our own thought process, even if it doesn't, even if it makes sense. And for me in this season, I want to do things that I'm led to do, not just what I just think is best because it may be a good idea, but I want some moves and things to be done that blow my mind. And when I think of abundance, I think of surplus. I think of just out the ordinary. You know what I mean? And as a human, even if you're an extraordinary thinker, there's still a cap. There's still a cap. So I want people moving forward, especially this week. I want us to be okay to trying things out, thinking outside the box and not relying on our own thoughts and self at all times because doing so is just is gonna you're gonna be hindered to an extent but with that being said there are certain things that i'm having questions about with people the things that i'm seeing um i didn't want to go here today because i usually say this for the live stream every monday 7 p.m central that's where we get a little messy but i'm gonna bring this here today only fans. Okay. We're getting a little too, how you say, <laughs> we're getting a little too, it's getting a little, it's a little too much now. Everywhere you look, somebody has only fans. Now, if you want to have only fans, that's okay. I want people to think about the long term, right? And does that mean you not can never get married or anything like that? No, that's not what I'm saying because there's somebody who may like to see that and may somebody who may have one too. You may marry somebody who has one and then y'all, you know, collab on each other's stuff and, you know, followers and all that. And that works for you great. But we're getting a little too comfortable with, we've been too comfortable with it, but the porn, okay? 
it's getting a little excessive. Twitter has gotten to the point where it's just kind of like you can't even get on Twitter to tweet. That's why we got threads. Threads is safe. We can get on threads. I think we should keep the threads going. But the, the Twitter is is just too much. It's too much. And at this point, I had to delete my Twitter. It's too much. I can't. I don't want to go and scroll and look up what was going on my latest show. And then you look up and you see somebody bending low, spreading it wide. I don't want to see that every day. We got to do better. We got to do better. Elon Musk said he about to make, he didn't gonna make it, you know, real, you know, hard for explicit content evolved on Twitter. So we're going to see how that goes. But I just had to get that off my chest. Usually I get messy on Monday, but I had to get a little messy today. All right, y'all. So we live an abundant life. And of course you can live an abundant life with OnlyFans too, but is it good abundance? We're going to talk about that a little bit too. But I have a guest today who's going to school us on how to live an abundant life. He has a lot going on. He's written a book. He's he's just all over the place and he's very inspirational. So let me go ahead and introduce my guest for the day. Jake, what is going on? Izzy, what's going on, man? It's good to be here. All right. So obviously the people can see your name, but I, for my audio people, can you tell the people what's your name, where are you from, and where do you live? So my name is Jake Kaufman. I'm originally from Michigan, believe it or not, but I reside in Atlanta, Georgia these days, Hotlanta. Uh, I'm an executive coach. I'm an executive life coach to men to support them in thriving in their purpose and taking their life, their business, and their relationships to the next level. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, so now tell us about how did you get into being the coach for me? So my entrepreneurial journey dates back to 2015. So going on 10 10 years ago now, Uh, but I was a founding member of a healthcare technology startup in California, in Los Angeles, California. Um, which I supported in, I was the first salesman for that company. So we were able to take it from virtually nothing to over $4 million in annual business in about 18 months. So really rapid growth, really rapid growth. Um, We went from, you know, six initial co-founders to over 31 employees in that time as well. Okay. But ultimately it was, you know, just like any startup, Uh, you learn much more what not to do than what to do in order to be successful. And what I learned ultimately was that people don't have business problems. They just have personal problems that show up in their business. And Mm. so the more successful I became, the more I realized that it's our own interpersonal challenges and our unconscious limiting beliefs that get in the way of us reaching greater levels of success or getting to the next level as quickly as we're capable of being more than anything else. And so once I left healthcare, I decided to go into business for myself because I realized how much this was affecting entrepreneurs. They just were completely unaware of it because like I mentioned, the majority of these things, these internal blocks, barriers, and unconscious limiting beliefs were just that they were unconscious, which means that we're not aware of them. And there's this old saying, you can't read the label from inside of the bottle. And so we need a coach, we need a guide to point out these limitations for us in terms of where we're playing small or what's, what stops us. You know, you talked about having a cap um, and your introduction in terms of the abundance that we're capable of, capable of receiving. There's a lot that goes into that. You know, we all have a threshold in terms of what we feel capable or safe to receive in terms of financial abundance, career opportunity, love and intimacy, et cetera, et cetera, right? And so in order to increase our threshold, we have to experience a deeper level of growth and healing. Absolutely, absolutely. Because if the foundation is not there, then nothing else will be, you know, it's like, I think about, it's so childish, but I think about the three little pigs and it was like, you know, the big bad wolf of your house is made of sticks, What's right. the likelihood of that house staying up? You know, as soon as if a wolf can blow it down, what would a hurricane do? So right. keep yep. that in mind. Keep that in mind. All right. Yeah. So um, just to stay here, I always give flowers to the people. So it's an honor to have you here. And Thank you. you have a book, right? I do. Have, yes. So <laughs> that's, not, that's how you do a cover. <laughs> that's how you do a book cover. 
Okay. Yeah. Now, let love and the pain stops when the truth starts. So can you give the listeners a brief overview of the book? Yeah. So the book actually starts with me acknowledging an experience that I went through in childhood as sexual abuse and then seeing how that abuse, but more so the beliefs that I made up about myself, other people in the world held me back in life, prevented me from reaching my full potential, prevented me from being as successful as I was capable of being. So when I was 12 or 13, when the incident happened, I didn't have the mental resources to know what to do with that. Right. And none of us do as young children, whether we're, you know, five years old, 10 years old, 12 or 13 years old, like I was. So 15 years later, roughly, I'm in my mid to late twenties. You know, I'm climbing the corporate ladder. I'm starting to experience a certain level of success, but I started to self-sabotage. I started to push that success away because on some fundamental level, the amount of abundance that I was starting starting to experience exceeded that threshold that we talked about a few minutes ago, right? And so what did I need to do in order to return to the familiar, which is to return to safety? I needed to self-sabotage it. So I started to push the abundance away or I started to push relationships away, whether they were romantic relationships, whether they were professional relationships with bosses, with colleagues, with associates, and so I needed to determine what's behind this, what's what's causing this behavior, what what's at the root of it, right? Because beneath every behavior is a mechanism, is a belief about ourselves, about other people, about the world that is at the core of our identity that dictates our actions and our decisions, most of which, like I mentioned previously, is unconscious. And so in order to break through what was stopping me, these interpersonal barriers, these blind spots, these blind spots, which we all have, I needed to, I needed to get a certain level of support. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So the book starts off with me in therapy acknowledging this incredibly painful experience that I went through in childhood that caused me to make up all of these beliefs about myself that were holding me back. And this is true for all of us because we've all experienced trauma, whether it's sexual, physical, or even just emotional trauma, right? Little t trauma, as they like to call it. And we know that trauma is much more about what happened inside of us as a result of what happened to us, as opposed to what actually happened. It's all about the beliefs and the stories that we made up about ourselves, rather than the trauma itself, rather than, say, for example, the abuse itself, that we just continue to carry around and recycle. And that's why, you know, I say to my clients, until you reconcile the pain from the past, you will be doomed to recycle it in the present moment. Absolutely. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. So we're going to get more into that as we go along, but I have a few words and I want you to tell me the first thing that comes to mind. There's no right or wrong answer. You ready? Let's do it. All right. The first one is abundant. Just that abundant. Abundance is abundant. Okay. What about the word seek? Find. Okay, good. So the definition of abundance is, or abundant is existing or available in large quantities, plentiful, and then Mm. seek, attempt to find something. So you're right on the money with that. All right. Now let's move into the next segment, which is what does this have to do with mental health? Mm. All right. So now 
before we get into that, I have a question. So vulnerability is often seen as weakness in many cultures, yet you describe it as transformative power. Can you share how embracing vulnerability has transformed your own life or the lives of others you've worked with? Because you briefly talked about your own life, but the lives of yeah. others you work with. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the definition of the literal meaning of the word vulnerability is a willingness to be wounded. So when you realize that, you realize that it takes an immense amount of courage to be vulnerable. We make it about weakness when in reality, stepping into and embracing vulnerability or opening up vulnerably is an act of courage in and of itself. And so if we want to create, for example, a deeper degree of intimacy and connection in any relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship or whether it's a platonic relationship, it requires vulnerability. And so by seeing it as an act of courage, then we can actually rewrite the narrative that we have about vulnerability being an act of weakness so that the more we step into vulnerability, the more courageous over time we become, which means the more we're willing to risk because that's what vulnerability is. It's a risk. Right. Definitely risk. And I think that that's the thing. A lot of us are afraid to, especially men in general, are afraid to truly just let go because we kind of we've unfortunately developed this toxic masculinity in some areas where we'll feel as though you now that doesn't I've said this before I'll say it again that does not mean being a whine whining there's a difference between whining and crying but there's also a difference between that and actually expressing yourself that doesn't mean crying is weak but there's a difference between always just like oh well woe is me and I think mm-hmm. that in the same breath we have to still open up about what happened what we have been through, because if we don't, especially if it bothers you, you you build right. it, 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 it manifests on the inside of, into, of us and it festers and then it transforms. And in most cases, especially with men, into alcoholism or mm-hmm. some type of addiction, sex addiction or uh, anger. You know, you see right. those men in most cases. I'm sure you've seen as a man knows there's that one guy that always gets drunk. And he when as yeah. soon as he gets drunk, he's extremely angry. You could you could hit a net or a fly and it'll just ruin his day. And he's, it's just, yeah. you've seen it happen so many times. It's almost like somebody hit a switch and it's just like. Right. Because the alcohol, right. Um, the frontal lobe of our brain, right. The alcohol numbs that part of our brain, which is responsible for it's our emotional center. And so all of a sudden you have this thing that desensitizes that part of you. So what happens the filter between you and expressing the emotions that you're repressing is removed. And that's when you see people get incredibly angry or sad. I've seen both. And so whenever you're repressing or suppressing a part of yourself, you're going to need a coping mechanism to deal with the pressure, right? This is especially true if you live in a society that's bent on accomplishment and achievement like we do in the United States, or if you're raised in religion, which a lot of people in the United States are, or were raised in a religious environment, right? Because those tee you up for a life of performance where you repress the less than ideal qualities and characteristics about yourself, right? You shun weakness, right? Rather than sharing it vulnerably, And you posture and position the ideal qualities and characteristics about yourself. That creates a pressure cooker, right? Because you're actively repressing and suppressing parts of yourself. This is what creates anxiety. This is what creates depression. And when you have those things, you need a coping mechanism. Unfortunately, absolutely. All right. So when it comes to mental health, what does this have to do with this? So enhanced sense of purpose and direction. So it says the connection is an abundant life often results from aligning actions with one's passions, values and goals. For millennial men, having a clear sense of purpose can counteract feelings of aimlessness or essential dread common in this age of vast life choices. Then according to a study from Pew Research Center's millennial rank, a fulfilling job and having enough money to lead the life they want as top priorities, indicative of their desire for meaningful work and life experiences before I go to the next one. Briefly speaking on that, 
that's where we go wrong because we think that, oh, okay, if I got the car, if I got the house, if I got the job, if I got the money, I'm good. But how yeah. many times have we seen celebrities with all of these things? And some of these mm -hmm. celebrities never even dealt, and I would say never, but you rarely seen them in the spotlight negatively. It makes sense mm -hmm. if they had a lot of negative scrutiny or they was, you know, attacked a lot. But a lot of the celebrities who do commit suicide, they had, for the most part, a good relationship with the world as far as the, you know, society. And they did that when they had everything you could think of. So I think sometimes we have this, the purpose of this episode to show there's more to life than just that. And don't get it twisted. Those things can help. Sure. sure. Well, they when had a lot of, they had a lot of extrinsic confidence. Right. Confidence that was determined by things outside of themselves whether it be career success, money, financial abundance, house, cars, et cetera, et cetera, right? All of that provides one with an incredible amount of extrinsic confidence. But intrinsic confidence is very different. That is not dependent or determined by anything outside of you. Extrinsic confidence cannot withstand suffering. So what happens when the storm comes? all of your success will prove to be incomplete and insufficient. What it ultimately comes down to is the relationship that you have with yourself. So until you reconcile your pain, right, which is really the core of you, right? The core of you is your inner work, which determines, of course, your mental health. So until you work to build your intrinsic confidence, which ultimately is determined by your emotional intelligence, personal growth, and healing. Until you actively work to build those things, the foundation, which you talked about earlier, it's shaky at best. It's a house built on sand. You can build a house on sand, but what happens when the storm comes? The house is washed away. Right? So all of these things, all of this extrinsic confidence that is determined by material success or wealth or whatever it may be, not that there's anything wrong with any of those things, right? There's nothing wrong with desiring more for yourself, whether it be money, whether it be opportunity, whether it be a better house or a nicer car, nothing inherently wrong with that. But if you rely on those things to determine your level of self-confidence, it's never going to be able to withstand hardship or suffering. Absolutely. All of that comes from within. Then the second one is reduced stress and anxiety. It says engaging activities that, bring, that brings joy, satisfaction, and personal growth, all hallmarks of an abundant life, can protect against mental health challenges. By investing in time in hobbies, relationships, and personal development, millennial men can counterbalance the unique stresses they face. This says the American Psychological Association's stress in America report suggests that leisure activities can significantly reduce stress. Further, the mind-body green block emphasizes the importance of work-life balance, especially for millennials and achieving mental well-being, which, again, that includes building a life you don't need a vacation from, that if you do have a regular, you know, nine to five where you're forced to, you know, be, you know, an employee or whatever, and that's that's fine. You still need that work-life balance. Please, people, use your days. You have them for a reason. I listen to so many people who just like, oh, I got days built up. I never take off. Why? Take off. It's okay. Like, you know what I mean? I just, but even the people who have those lives that they don't take, want to take breaks from, they even mm -hmm. still take off. You cannot work yourself to work. The, you cannot give the blood out of your veins every single day, every single moment, and expect your body not to shut down. Sure. Well, leisure activity activities are great. Like I literally, yeah. I worked out earlier today. You know, I, I see it as an essential component to maintaining a high degree of, of mental health. Right. But here's what I will say. No amount of leisure activity is going to reconcile pain from the past. It's Absolutely. not just, it's just treating the symptoms. Not that again, not that there's anything wrong with that. Cause you do, if you have a rash, you should absolutely treat the rash. But at the end of the day, if you, if you don't determine what's causing the rash, it's just going to continue to come back. And that's what most people um, are doing, you know, when they're 
simply working out or investing in leisure activities, all they're doing is treating the symptoms of stress, right? They're not actually treating the disease. Exactly. And that's, again, when we talk about mental health, you know, talking to somebody is always a therapist, therapy, of, you know, there are things like this. I've had several licensed professionals on this platform who've stated mm -hmm. like, you know, every season is not meant for therapy. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. you can get therapy from the podcast, from the TV, you know, show, from the book, you know what I mean? Until you can sure. afford that or if, you know, in that season, you just don't, just aren't in therapy, that's fine. But there are ways to at mm -hmm. least address some issues and get some conversation going and some things changed in the moment until that happens. Absolutely, yeah. Books, podcasts, journaling are all great ways to increase your level of conscious awareness. And that's the first step in creating change is new awareness. Not just who am I, but what shaped me? What is responsible? What is responsible for the beliefs that I have about myself, about other people, about money, about success, about business, about other people, whatever, whatever it may be. So all of those things can absolutely create new levels of conscious awareness. But there's a distinct difference between uncovering something and undoing it. That's typically where we need the support of a therapist, of a coach, of a guidance counselor to come in and actually support us in undoing those beliefs and undoing those parts of our identity that were created as a result of pain. So with what you do, because I like that where you said the conscious awareness is the main thing, because a lot of times most people are in denial. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> They're in denial. So when they finally get out of that denial and they want to undo, say, for instance, you have come into agreement with something someone said about you and the things people said about you that is they weren't true, but you've come mm -hmm. into agreement with it. Now you believe them and now you want to undo them. What do you what will be the first after you've already made you've already aware of it? So what will be the next step after that? That's where working with a professional comes into play, in my opinion. Right. If if awareness is, is the first step, we have to experience a reorientation to that event, to that experience, to that incident or that circumstance or conversation that wounded us. This is the, the work of alchemy and turning pain into purpose or progress. So in my experience, that typically looks like working with a professional because the primary goal of our ego and by ego, I mean the self-protective part of our psyche is to maintain the status quo. How does it do that? It hides the truth from you. So it takes these beliefs, it takes these parts of your identity that were created as a result of pain, and it puts it into your unconscious mind. So it hides those things in your blind spots, which we all have. So you can come into a high level of awareness by listening to podcasts like this or reading a self-help book or journaling, for example, around the different areas of your life that aren't working very well, where you have room to grow or where you aren't thriving necessarily. That, that's all well and good. But if you really want to grow, at a certain point in time, you have to hire someone who can support you. Think about this from a health and fitness perspective. I can accomplish a lot on my own in terms of going to the gym and, and working out and maybe watching some YouTube videos, right? Or, you know, flipping through a fitness magazine. But if I really want to experience significant growth and progress, I'm going to hire a personal trainer. The same thing is true when it comes to our mental health. I can only grow so much on my own. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
And that's where, and that's what most people resist. Most people resist investing in themselves in this way because it requires that they confront the parts of their life that they historically avoid or that they don't want to address. Like you mentioned, most are living in denial, which I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think most people are aware of their problems. Most people just don't want anything to do with them. Yeah. Because how confronting their problems makes them feel. How does it make you feel? It makes you frustrated, discouraged, sad, angry, right? So we're avoiding the emotions attached to growth. So at a certain point in time, if you really want to grow significantly, incrementally over time, you eventually have to hire someone to support you. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think that I think with the the hiring somebody, I think it's good because you sometimes, a lot of times, need a second set of, I, I look at it like this. It's like, so I'm a ghostwriter, right? And sure. you can be the best writer in the world, which I'm pretty good. I'm not going to lie. But it's good to have that <laughs> Grammarly or that second set of eyes to catch of what you missed. And so if you take that to a coach, a therapist, uh, and like I said, and I'm a firm believer I've been to two different therapists. Both of them were effective at that point in time and they were needed. Yep. Would I go back? Yes, I need to. Actually, I just need to you know, figure that out. But it'll come when it's supposed to. But long story short, what I'm saying is for the people, there are resources everywhere. And now yep. you're probably thinking... Okay, well, I got the books and all that stuff. But these people, listen, we live in after, you know, COVID, we live in a virtual world now, literally. So you right. can find somebody and, and have the and fire somebody and have conversations like this. And, you know, as far as to get improve your your mental health and whatever areas you need improvement in. But the thing is yeah. that it's good to have that second set of eyes. Now, I'm a firm believer. Friends are good. But friends mm. cannot solve everything because they are not the licensed professional. You need someone Correct. who's trained <laughs> to yep. see to miss the blind spots. Mm. Okay, we're let's let's do this for homework. Okay, I, I like that you acknowledge this, but I need you to try to do this. You know, I remember when I was the last time I was in therapy was two years ago now, and my therapist used to give me homework and say, "Okay, you need mm. to go have this conversation with this person, and this is the points yep. you need to hit." And so mm -hmm. you need that accountability part. And the same with the gym. You may not need somebody standing over you saying, get up, fatty, but you do still need somebody to hold you accountable. What did you eat this week? Did Let me see your pictures. Did you, you know what I'm saying? So it's still all about sure. that. So yep. I think that's, that's good stuff, which the third one is boost self-worth and resilience, living abundantly, which often means prioritizing personal growth and experience only over material possessions enhances one's self-worth. A post in the Psych Central blog highlights the connection between self-worth and mental health, suggesting that a strong sense of self-worth can act as a buffer against depression and anxiety. Living an abundant life, therefore, is not just about external riches, as you mentioned, but about internal wealth. And I like mm -hmm. that a sense of fulfillment, purpose, and emotional well-being for a young millennial man. Embracing this abundance can have a profound positive have profound positive effects on their mental health. So before I jump into the next segment, I do have to stay with that. I remember the first time I went to a therapist, I remember the very first time when I went in, like, it was a long time ago. And I remember she said the first thing for homework is, well, she said, she started with me with name some things about you that you don't like or whatever, right? That's sure. what I did. So then she said, okay, so name the things you do like. When I tell you I couldn't name one thing off the top of my head and her first thing was, okay, so that's a problem. You can name True. everything you do wrong, but you can't name one thing you can do right. Now, that's not the case now, but <laughs> <Sure>. that was the case. <laughs> that was the case then. So internal wealth and internal riches is much more important than money because, you know, as someone who used to have suicide ideation, mm -hmm. you know, and the, from people that actually have gone through with it. And like I yeah. said, we had totally different spaces. Your tax bracket was way different than mine, yet sure. internally you know, I'm not at that place. So it's unfortunate right. to see so many people who have done that, who had what the world looks like, had everything. Mm -hmm. But that's when people like you, because let's be honest, even going back to you, before you wrote your book and after the trauma happened, did you come off as a person that had issues, as the world would say? Of course not. Because as you can probably imagine, what did I start to do after I got abused? I started to take on all of these different masks and act as if, act as if I was fine, 
as if I had it all together, as if I was successful. So from the outside looking in, you would think, Jake's got it all together. And I did, but all of that was just a self-protective strategy to ensure that I didn't get abused again. I became a three-sport athlete. I excelled in academics all through high school and even into college. And then after college, I became really successful in my career. All of that was just an adaptation and an overcompensation to avoid experiencing pain. Because after I was abused, what did I do? I just swept it under the carpet, pretended as if it was a joke, ignored the fact that it happened until I went to therapy. And this is how the book starts. And I started talking about how I was sabotaging in the different areas of my life in romantic relationship. I was keeping my romantic partners at arm's length. I was struggling to open up to them and dive into vulnerability in my career. I kept getting to a certain level of success, which was great, but I got fired from every professional job I ever had from the time I left school until the time I was like 31, 32. And so I needed to figure out what was going on beneath the surface, right? The unconscious belief beneath the external behavior. And that was when he started asking me, okay, well, where do you think that struggle with intimacy comes from? And I started just listing off these experiences going back into my past. And he was like, wait a minute, go back. What happened? And so I repeated the incident and he was like, have you ever thought about what that really was? Yeah. And I remember the look on his face. I remember it was this look of disgust. And I was like, oh, that was abuse, wasn't it? And he was like, yeah. And in that moment, I was able to connect the dots. I was able to see how all of, you know, this high performer persona that I had taken on in the attempt to become successful was really just a coping strategy. Well, like I said, it's good that you got to that point now and realize, you know, you didn't stop it. Just realize, like we said earlier, you didn't stop it. Just realizing what Mm -hmm. were the issues. You you realize that you, you only make it to here. Okay. Then I need to go past that. And a few weeks ago, we talked about unlocking your heroic potential. And so many times people get stuck in, I have potential. Okay, I know I'm, this is wrong or I know this happened, but they didn't move past mm-hmm. it. And you said up until you were 31. So I just have to ask, how old are you now? I'm 37. I'll be 38 in a few months. Wow. You look young. Did you do you hear that a lot? <laughs> I do. Yeah. I, I often hear that. I'm. People think I'm like 28. That's good. That's good. That means you're going to live a long time. All right. So now let's <laughs> move into the next segment, which is I challenge that. So this segment, we're kind of challenging the narrative and kind of flipping the perspective. Even if I don't necessarily agree with it, I just have to, it's the debater in me. I have to still kind of challenge with some things. So before we get into that, um, so now you talked about, you know, you brought up your challenges and then, you know, we heard some of your, a few things in your breakthroughs and your journey. So can you share one experience that deeply impacted your understanding of love, truth, and healing? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I talk about this at length throughout the course of my book, mm-hmm. but I would say one of the primary moments was when was when I actually started to objectively analyze the results that I cont- consistently created in my life. And I asked myself, okay, what do my results say that I believe about love? Not what I consciously think love is but what do my results say that i believe love is because our conscious mind is responsible for what we say it's a reflection of what we know but our unconscious mind is responsible for what we do and it's a reflection of who we are so that's why i was i wasn't interested in like my opinion uh, of what love is or what i consciously believe it to be I was interested in what my results say because your results say everything you need to know about what you really believe, right? What your ego is trying to hide from you. And so right. it was in analyzing, it was in analyzing the results that I consistently created in relationships, the type of women that I consistently attracted. And I was like, Oh, my results say that I believe love is control. 
So when someone is trying to love me, my internal experience, my felt experience is that they're, they're trying to control me because I grew up in a very strict conservative religious environment. I grew up with very authoritarian parents. Granted, my parents did an incredible job in terms of raising me and being consistent in their discipline, but how I received it, how I interpreted their parenting and their discipline was as if I wasn't good enough. Right? So that was how I interpreted it, which is on me, not them necessarily. And so, of course, that led me to experience struggles when it came to connection and intimacy that had me push it away because, of course, nobody wants to be controlled. Nobody wants to feel that way. And so if someone is trying to control us, what do we do? We try to push them away. And so it was in and through that that I was able to see like, oh, wow, this is a huge barrier. This unconscious barrier is within me that's causing me to unconsciously push love away, push connection and intimacy and romantic partnership away. Because when someone goes to try to love me, I feel controlled. So in an effort to self-protect, what do I do? I push them away. Absolutely. And it's just, as it's common for, it's, just com it's, it's very common for men in general. And it's so mm -hmm. many people who are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and they still do those same things. And they think that that's normal. And it goes mm -hmm. back to, you know, it's unfortunate because I do feel as though, obviously I'm a believer, but I understand that unfortunately a lot of people, the way that they were taught, you know, the Bible and things, the way that they were, it was instilled mm -hmm. was from, it was the right source, but it was the wrong, totally wrong approach to the point where some people say, well, if that's God, I don't want it. Because if it's this and it's like sure. that, then I'm I'm good on it. And, you know, yeah. although that's not my story, I understand because I've seen it firsthand with people and I just, and they just have so many horror stories. I'm just like, oh. And sure. so that, <laughs> that's why I just, it's just, it's just so interesting to see where that comes from and how that goes about, which is funny because it goes to my next point. And then I have a, a statement on that. So it says, this from uh, I believe.com, it says, will we get wrong from abundant living? So instead of more so advancing in our own self and of course seeking more of God, we seek to fill our own needs with more of what the world can give material possessions, fame, achievement, recognition, popularity, and accomplishments. And so I think that even with that, we of, of course, when we hear abundant, that's and even me naturally, I'm gonna naturally think money, fame, mm -hmm. popularity, right? Sure. But at this point in my life, I could literally, well, that's not the goal, but I could literally live in around a, 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 a circle of, of flames. <laughs> and I sure. want to be so good internally that I wouldn't even be affected. That's mm -hmm. just where I'm at. Now, of course, I don't want to live around flames, but I'm just saying that you so, you're so good within, you just, nothing phases you. And I believe that we're so caught up in trying to put out small fires as we keep it on the terms of fire that we miss out on the biggest one inside of us because we, like you said, okay, which, and, and again, I work out, so I get it, but like stress, we'll go work out. I'm yeah. stressed out. Let me just go work out, work out, work out, get my body right. Then I'll be happy. You get your body right. Okay. You're still not happy. Okay. Well, let me change careers, change careers. You're still not happy then. Okay. Well, let me get rid of this girl, get a new one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not happy. And even but wherever you go, there you are, right? <laughs> you the problem. But right. even with that, I think about how you said that the person you kept, you kept attracting the same type of woman, but that's what people fail to realize. It's something you got going on. It's something spiritually with you that you keep attracting the same type of people if they're toxic. So it's yeah. not just- well, What's the common denominator, people. right? It's you, right? Exactly. So. And people, people just, they keep missing that. And that's so crazy. So I'm going to get more into that in a second. But now let's go into the next segment, which is the weekly sabbatical. And as we know, this is a time to reflect. And so let's reflect. Now, for our listeners who are inspired by our conversation today, and they want to start their healing journey, journey, excuse me. So what are some actionable steps or exercises you'd recommend from your book? Now, we already talked about finding the help, right? Sure. But what's kind of yeah. like a, you know, like, you remember back in the day when they used to, you remember Circuit City? Sure. And you remember when they used to, which they stopped doing because they said artists were losing money. And they used to allow you to listen to the album in the store. Yep. So 
give them a quick like three, you know, two mm-hmm. minute of the book that we haven't discussed that, that are actionable steps? Well, I would ask yourself the question, what am I pretending not to know? And then make a list of the things that you're avoiding, whether it's an uncomfortable conversation with a loved one, whether it's taking a necessary risk in your career or in your business, whether it's choosing to step into a transition, maybe changing jobs, maybe changing a career, pursuing your dream, whatever that may be, what am I pretending not to know? And then make a list of the things that you're avoiding because the breakthroughs and the growth that everybody's looking for, that everybody says they want, it's found on the other side of the things that you avoid. Okay. I mean, they said life begins at the end of your fears. I think, I think that's the quote. Comfort zone. Yeah. Comfort zone. There we go. There we go. Right. And at, at some point you got to want things to change, but you can't have things change if you're not willing to make the changes. If you know, you know, I, I, what inspired me to stop drinking was a guest I had. And what inspired me to stop living that lifestyle. I, by the time I turn 30, which will be in June, I'll be completely over alcohol. But now I'll like special occasions, but compared sure. to the lifestyle I lived prior, which was four times a week, you know, and, sure. and to society that's deemed not a drunk, a drunk is, you know, wilding out, drunk, drinking just excessive amounts of liquor. But for me, it got to the point where it was just like, it was too excessive and I wanted to change. So I went on a 30 day sure. cl- alcohol free cleanse yeah. and my whole view on alcohol changed. And so now I go weeks without drinking. It's times I've literally said, I'm going to get drunk today. This is what I said. And then sure. I went to go have one drink and after a few sips, I'm like, I'm okay. <laughs> so I love that. Now, of course, right. everyone's not going to stop drinking completely, and that's fine. But I do encourage sure. people to, you know, just every so often try a 30-day cleanse just to see and if you notice right. anything different. Yeah. Well, the more you heal, the more you work on yourself, you raise your vibrational frequency. And when you do that, the people, places, things that you used to enjoy, that you used to spend time around or invested in, they don't mean nearly as much to you as they did before. They don't resonate with you, right? There's not that energetic match or vibrational frequency match that you used to have, right? You know, if you start to work on yourself, you're probably going to start to eat differently, right? Or you might be convicted or prompted to stop drinking alcohol because you're like, alcohol is a toxin. It numbs my emotions. Why do I want to numb my emotions? What am I running from? Right. If I'm happy, if I'm experiencing joy, why would I want to numb that? Why would I want to suppress that? You know, and so the people place, the more you the more you do this work on yourself, um, the more you're going to be attracted to things that are healthier, that are life giving, that forward you in relationship, in career, in business, whatever it may be. So I'm not surprised to hear you say that. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. So at first look, so from the source listed earlier, it said we might be tempted to say what I'd rather have is a life of abundance so I can have the stuff I want and be happy. But when you're in a crisis, <coughs> excuse me, but when you're in a crisis, what's worth more, a life full of fear, anxiousness and tension or a life full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness and self-control. At mm-hmm. this point, I like a life of self-control. I like. Yeah. I like being able to be a little more patient and, you know, and and sometimes I think a lot of times too, even on these healing journeys and the word gentleness, I like that one too, because sometimes we're not as gentle on ourselves as we should be. And, you know, we can always relate that to weight loss, especially for me, it's been times where I've lost, you know, two to three pounds a week, which is healthy because the the expert, fake experts out there. And then it'll be a week I may gain four pounds and then it'd be the week after I gained another two. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm over here freaking out, stressing like, and you know, you go to the extreme thought, okay, okay, this week you're only eating celery and drinking water, you know, because you keep messing up. But in reality, it's just the nature of it. And that's what I think some of us are afraid of. We're afraid to regress. This is why I think a lot of people don't want to start because they don't want to see progress and then they regress, but that's just how it goes. Everybody wants to get to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Everybody wants transformation, but nobody wants growth. Absolutely. 
So as always, I give y'all some tips and some things I've researched, and then I'm going to allow you to jump in and say whether you agree or not with it after I read it. So the, um, as far as living an abundant life, some things you all can do to ensure that your life is more abundant. So the first one is pursue passion and purpose. It says identify what you love and what gives your life meaning. And then it says, according to the Harvard Business Review, individuals who find meaning in their work report higher job satisfaction and are more engaged. What do you think about that mm. one? I mean, I think I think passion in many ways is the precursor to purpose. So I'm not surprised uh, to, to hear you say that. You know, I do believe in many ways that desire is simply expansion seeking to express itself. And so when you start to, to follow desire, now, are there times in which I desire to eat unhealthy foods? Of course. You know, are there times where I desire to drink? Of course. Right. But I'm, I'm more like you in these, in this way where I've embraced rather than embracing um, a life highlighted by freedom of restriction, which means nothing is restricting me. And so I eat whatever I want. I do whatever I want. I, you know, um, act however I want. I'm more prone to a life highlighted by freedom of restraint, meaning self-control and discipline. Right. If you want to experience significant results, say, for example, in your health and fitness, well, then you got to tie yourself down to going to the gym and eating healthy. Right? If right. I want to be if I want to become really good at, say, playing the piano or playing golf, I've got to practice consistently. Right. That's freedom of restraint. You got to tie yourself down to something. Our personal growth is no different. It really comes down to intensity, frequency, and duration, just like the gym. How often are you going? That's frequency, right? When you go, how long are you there for? That's duration. And depending on how long you're there for, how intense is the workout? So our growth from an interpersonal perspective, which is a precursor to our mental health, right? The level of anxiousness that we experience and, and stress and, and depression and things like that which are a huge problem, it comes down to the intensity, frequency, and duration that we're investing in improving our mental health, our emotional intelligence, our growth and healing. So the more we do it, the more results we're going to experience. Absolutely. Good stuff. All right. The second one I'm, I'm a real big fan of is cultivating strong relationships, invest time in building mm -hmm. and maintaining meaningful relationships. Social connections can offer emotional support, reduce feelings of loneliness, increase overall well-being. And the renowned Harvard study of adult development, one of the longest running studies on happiness, found that close relationships more than money or fame keep people happy throughout their lives. You agree with that mm -hmm. one? No man can withstand influence. We're a direct reflection of the five people closest to us. Absolutely. And I'm learning that a lot. Like I said in the episode a few weeks mm -hmm. ago, like I can't be the only one being the front runner and everybody else is still, you know, because although you're not going to affect me, it's just like. You, well, but they will, though. <laughs> but they well, will, though, you know. Yeah, right, right, right. Let me rephrase it. So there, I'm, you're not going to stop me from doing it. But in the same sure. breath, I want to be around people who I want to feel like I got to keep up. Of course. And it's and it's hard. To, and, and that doesn't mean everybody's always above you. I feel like there may be seasons where they may be in front of you and then, you know, you're in front of him. It may rotate. But that friendly kind of competition, like, OK, let's push it, because for the most part, I've been around people who start and stop. And for me, it's just sure. like. You know, I don't I don't have time for that. <laughs> totally. The, yeah. Well, I mean, studies show if you if you hang around four overweight people, you're likely going to become the fifth. If you hang around four smokers, you're likely going to become the fifth. Right. Similarly, if you hang around four millionaires, you're likely going to become the fifth. So right. right. No man can withstand influence. The third one is practice mindfulness and gratitude. Incorporate mindfulness practices into your daily routine. Additionally, maintain a gratitude journal, which I always believe in that. And I need to actually, in my journal, write down at least maybe like I'm going to start doing it three to five things that I'm thankful, even if it's small. Like, you know, I'm thankful I got a chance to take a nap today. I ain't got no sleep lately. Sure. Or, you know, I got to eat a burger today. You know, something like that. Sure. Anything. And then it said a study published in a journey of personality and social psychology showed that gratitude can increase well-being and decrease depression. Mm -hmm. 
And so the fourth one is invest in continuous learning and personal growth. Dedicate time to acquire new skills, read widely or engage in activities that challenge your perspectives. And then it says a report by the Pew Research Center highlighted that millennials value learning with 73% considering themselves lifelong learners and pursuing knowledge to navigate their complex world successfully. As I stated before, this does not mean go back and get another degree unless you really want to. You know, you can invest in courses. Like I said, I'm a ghostwriter. I'm in a group for ghostwriters. You know what I mean? And you are a podcaster. They have groups for that. You know, so you need to find your tribe, basically. So you agree with that? Absolutely. We become who we are surrounded by and, and what we invest time in. So just like we talked about earlier, intensity, frequency, and duration. Most people are rarely what they say, but they're always, always, always what they do. And so this is why, you know, the work that I do with my clients is so incredibly important because it creates alignment between one's unconscious beliefs and their conscious desires. The reason that people say they want something, but for some reason aren't able to create it is because there's a lack of congruence between those two things, right? So it's a round peg square hole situation. There's not congruence between what they believe and how they act. But the moment we create alignment there, then it's not a matter of, are you going to accomplish the result that you say you want, or are you going to accomplish the goal that you set out to achieve? It's simply a matter of when. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, y'all. So we're going into the final segment for today. It's been a great conversation. So let's get into the final segment, which is game time. And as we know, this um, this is a time to just kind of reminisce what we've been going through. And this game time is called Abundant Life or Constant Strife. I'm going to name a few different scenarios, and I want you to tell me whether or not that person is living an abundant life or they're set up for constant strife. Are you ready? Ready. All right. So this person wakes up every morning at 5 a.m. to meditate, pray, and go and goes to the gym and then comes back home and works on their goals, even though it's been over three years and they haven't seen success in their entrepreneurship journey. Abundant life. It's not about reaching our goals. It's about who we become in the process. The only reason we don't reach our goals, two things, we don't put in the necessary amount of work or we give up too soon. It's that simple. So even though that person hasn't hasn't seen the results that they're hoping to see, even after three years, it's really only a matter of time before they do. All right. This person eats Chipotle every single day and wakes up every day after 12 and doesn't have a job. Constant strife. All right. This person starts books but never finishes them and goes to the gym once a week. Constant strife. All right. This person sees success in everything they do with their job, constantly gets promotions, but still feels as though they aren't doing enough. Constant strife. All right. Last one. This person decides to get invest in Jake as a transformative coach and starts to see major results within weeks of his coaching potentially an abundant life. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Right. Here's why. Okay. Consistency is the key ingredient to success. So you can hire someone like me, you can hire someone like me for three to six months, but where are you two years from now? Where are you three years from now? I can give you all the tools that you need in order to be successful, but are you going to implement them long after we've finished our work together? Right. If if you put them to work while we work together, of course, you're going to get results. Right. We see this all the time uh, with people who adhere to a diet. Of course, you're going to experience results while you're on a diet. That's not the question. The question is, will you be able to stick with the diet or will you be able to stick with making healthy choices after 
you know, you've completed the diet. For sure. So for sure. In the short, in the short term, abundant life. In the long term, right. maybe an abundant life. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> do you yeah, do you continue to implement the teaching and use the tools? Because the work works if you work it. But if you stop working it, you're gonna stop experiencing results. For sure. All right, y'all. So final thing for the day, question or challenge. Remember, make sure y'all participate. But you win money. Based on everything presented, what are some ways in which you will strive for an abundant life? Now, I'm not telling you to have it tomorrow, but you have to, like we said, put your best foot forward, as I always say, and at least try. And of course, you may fall off. That's okay. But just get back up afterwards and don't make excuses. Just say, I fell off, own it, and go about your business. Um, Great conversation today. Anything else you want to add or lead the people with? Well, thank you again, Izzy, for having me. This has been awesome. Um, if people are interested in connecting with me, of course, you can look me up on Instagram. It's I am Jake Kaufman, K-A-U-F-F-M-A-N. If you're interested in picking up my book, Let Love In, The Pain Stops When the Truth Starts, it's a roadmap for growth. It's a guide to being your greatest self. You can pick it up on Amazon. Just search for my full name, Jacob Kaufman, K-A-U-F-F-M-A-N, Let Love In. All right. And all that stuff will be in the description box, too. So y'all will get that and it'll just be easy click. And it'll be, of course, on all the podcast apps and YouTube. All right, y'all. So tune in next week. We're getting close and close to the end of the season. And I got some more surprises for y'all. So as always, PSA signing out. Always remember, keep your head up like your neck hurts. Remember who you are. Make your mind up. Don't let it make you. And I love us for real.